0: Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were brought before you. Thanks, Andrew. But well, it's good to have Brian back on his feet,
1: just about. So it's good to have you here, Brian. Um, good to see Veronica too this morning on this long weekend, down from the warm Tweed Heads down to the cold Sydney. But um, this week I had the chance to go to... Um, Kangaroo Valley on my pastoral renewal group. I've been part of this group for three years and um, just to hear some of the stories. So I'm with, I'm with a group of pastors. I threw my name in a hat. I didn't know which group I'd get into and I got in with eight different guys from actually the, the bottom end, <laughs> the south end of Sydney. So um, they're from Ulladulla Adela- and those kind of beautiful places and from even from Canberra, some of the guys. But just hearing some of their stories of how God is at work in their church was so encouraging. Here are these churches in these holiday destinations that a lot of Sydneyites go to. But during the year, they are seeing incredible fruit. One church just had 40 people baptised. Now, that is phenomenal if you're in a kind of small town, really, isn't it? I, I think, I know it is. And um, the other church, Dollar Dollar, um, They've seen. have seen twelve people baptised and four people come to Christ. These are these are churches just on that. We forget about the churches outside of Sydney so often, and I was just so encouraged to be um, a part of this group. Here I am at Jural in this massive facility, massive resources. These guys have nothing, and they do it tough, and uh, they feel disconnected from the Sydney Baptist churches in many ways, and so it's been a blessing for me to journey with these guys over the last three years. And um, I walked away just totally encouraged. And I was also encouraged by the beautiful setting. Who cannot go to Kangaroo Valley and be encouraged at God's creation? You're missing something if that happens, but it was just a fantastic week. You know, um, over the history of the world, there has been incredible speeches. I Googled the most powerful speeches that have changed the world. I just did a Google search. You start off with Winston Churchill, you come down to, um, to Martin Luther King Jr., but guess which one takes the number one position? You can check, you can go Google yourself. Is actually Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. He's actually listed as it is the most important speech that has changed the world, which is absolutely incredible. So today we start a new series on the Sermon on the Mount. And as a Christian, it's so easy to read this Sermon on the Mount and walk away and feel guilty. It's so easy to read it and say, I can never, never live up to those standards. It's impossible. And you feel defeated. But that is not my intention today. Because I believe these words are actually life-giving. And the person of Jesus is life-giving. You know, if I come at the Sermon on Mount as a moral code, and I think I did this for many years, honestly, growing up in church. I think I looked at it and I tried to live morally the way Jesus would have me to live. But, you know, the weight of trying to live the Christian faith, driven by behaviour, it actually doesn't change us one iuta. And actually the burden becomes so heavy That we cannot carry it. And it's actually not life giving at all. Jesus actually said. My yoke is meant to be easy. See he knew. Why did he say that? I've often pondered that. Why did he say that? Because he knew the religious rituals. Would actually crush us. And he said there's another way than what you've been shown. Another way of doing Christianity than what you've been brought up with of just acting out of behaviours, trying to earn my, my, um, my favour. Jesus says, my yoke is meant to be easy. You know, right from the start of this Sermon on the Mount, I want to start with Jesus' intention.
2: His intention was to move people from religion to grace. Move from religion to relationship.
1: From law to love. From behaviour to belief. Jesus' heart in this Sermon on the Mount is all about inward transformation. Think about it. You're Jewish. You have religious leaders They were called the Pharisees and the scribes They focus so much On the external law You've been brought up in that culture That is the only thing you
2: know And then Jesus comes along And he actually says there's a different way
1: He actually turns things around It's really hard to understand this Unless we understand the actual context To which this sermon is actually written Jesus was Jewish The Jewish people Had been under foreign occupation And oppression for centuries They wanted to be free To live in their own land Without interference Occupation and being ruled over by the Roman Empire. It seems so wrong that God's people, that an, a pagan nation would be actually ruling over
2: the ones who were called out for God. The Jewish people became so unsettled and started to ask, how can we remain Compliant
1: How can we remain compliant citizens Under this oppressive power That we are under So amongst the Jewish people Different opinions Arose All one people like Australia We're all one people But there's different opinions I guarantee In different states of Australia So different opinions Arose And you know what, as I go through this, I can actually see the different opinions and thinking still appearing in Christians today as we live in a post-Christian culture. One group was known as the Zealots. They said the reason we're, up, we're, we're under this oppression is that we're passive and cowards. We need to rise up. We need to have the faith to rise up and rebel. And then God will give us victory. If we only have enough faith, we can launch a revolt. Another group said, let's keep the status quo. Let's not rock the boat. We're under oppression. We don't want to be more oppressed. So let's just do what they say. Let's just settle for status quo. Let's do absolutely nothing. We'll remain a puppet on a string to the Roman Empire. Yet another group, the Essenes, thought the only way to please God was to leave the corrupt religious and political system And create an alternative society in the desert. Let's leave the world that we're a part of. And let's create a whole new society
2: without any pollution or oppression. The fourth groups, the Pharisees and the scribes, had a different plan.
1: Remember, these guys were the religious leaders of the day. They actually thought God would send a Messiah to free them, to deliver them. If we would just, as Israel, become purer, if we would obey the teachings of the Bible more, God would liberate us. They added more rules And regulations To the law that Moses gave them Because they thought that was their way Of how the Messiah would come We've got to earn it We've really got to earn The favour of God We've got to try harder At our external behaviours
2: We've got to really try Could you imagine living Under that as a Christian To just keep trying your heart out to to live more morally and purely. The weight of it is too much. The question all these
1: people had on their minds was this. What should we do about the political and social mess we're in? How can we be liberated from the empire
2: of Caesar? Of the empire of Rome How How can This foreign country be ruling Over us we are God's People this is
1: our land How can we stop the persecution That is happening to us God we are Your Your people This ain't fair We are desperate for freedom
2: We are powerless Will there ever be a way Out of this situation You know as I went through that We live in a post-Christian culture
1: You know my mind has gone into some of those groups That I mentioned who were Jewish people On how to How do you live in this how do you live when you're not the number one culture, where Christianity isn't the driving force? You can hear the songs. These were good songs, and we've all sung them. Onward, Christian soldier, marching us to war. Mm. Does that sound like a zealot? Can you see how easy it is to... To, to, to fall into some of this trap. The monastic movement. Let's just separate from the world so we can remain pure.
2: All done with great, great motives. But Jesus comes. Jesus comes. And he says, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. The long-awaited
1: kingdom. The long-awaited Messiah had come. But guess what? He didn't come riding in on a horse.
2: He came as a suffering servant. Jesus came into this kind of political and social Situation
1: And he says Basically he says You're all preoccupied
2: With the oppressive Empire of Caesar You're missing the point The kingdom Of God is now Available to all
1: Repent And believe and follow Me Because this Is good news Why is it good news? If you had been trying to live out Under the Pharisees The religious leaders Their law Of trying hard to produce this Moral kind of behaviour Jesus knew that that was so weighty and heavy It would crush you It's good news because of the grace of God people That I've accepted you unconditionally. And when you're accepted, you repent and you turn to me. It's not about trying to live out this ritual of religion. Like I said, it's taken me years to get my head around this. I fall back into religion all the time. And when I was preparing this message, there was no way did I want to make it work faith here this morning, because I knew it was wrong. So Jesus had just been baptized. If you read Matthew, there's these beautiful words that heaven had opened up, and a dove had descended on Jesus. Heaven is still open people. He was led out into the wilderness, we know, and what sustained him was the Spirit of God. Then he goes about calling these fishermen. You read the story, it's so good, it's just ordinary people. He goes out calling these guys, he says, Guys, follow me, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Your long-awaited Messiah has arrived. Remember, we can only repent because God has accepted us. If we get that wrong, if we think we've got to be the ones to do the repenting, you know, I'm sure there's a place for that, but that happens after we realize that we're accepted. We don't repent to get accepted. That would be a works-based theology. We're accepted first, then we repent. And we enter the kingdom of God The key to experiencing the reign of God in our lives Is first found in the first few words Bless are the poor in spirit The Sermon on the Mount has life-giving power If we are truly willing to come under the reign Or the old word I would say The Lordship of Christ See, in this sermon, we see described what human life and Christian community can really look like when we come under the reign of God. Jesus was saying to people, give
2: up your agenda. Give up your agenda. Trust me with your life. Just think how radical this was. To those first disciples They were out
1: fishing Why were they fishing? That was their livelihood They put their security In selling fish That's where their security lied They would sell the fish For money So they could survive And Jesus is basically saying To those those guys out fishing Those smelly fishermen He was basically saying Guys Your security no longer lies in the fish for an income. Follow me because now your security lies in me. That's radical. To enter the kingdom means letting go of our self-centeredness and actually loving Jesus because he has accepted us. Remember, the Sermon on the Mount is written... To disciples of Jesus They were accepted In Jesus Christ And now he teaches them What it's all about You know I can honestly say for me This is a daily battle
2: And I need to look At the work of Jesus Frequently Frequently
1: To realize that I am loved and accepted unconditionally by God.
2: And that my life, out of the gratitude of my heart,
1: is then surrendered to Jesus Christ on a daily basis. There is no place for self in the kingdom of God. You know, I can honestly say if I've trusted my life into His hands, that He has been my provision. He has seen us through some very difficult situations. And He's actually used me because I've only been a vessel in ways I never thought actually possible. We can actually trust God with our lives. You know, later on I'll give some, just some, a few examples out of the Sermon of Mount of what it means to let go of your agenda and to trust Jesus. Remember this whole thing is not about religion. It's about changing to loving God. And out of that, transformation happens. See, Jesus says, because you have trusted me, you are the light of the world. It's not because anything they did in that first part of um, you look at all the blessed, and then Jesus says, you are. Because you're in Christ, you're my disciple, you are the light of the world. You don't have to do anything. You are the light of the world. It's
2: through me that you were light. Jesus says, starts with the word Blessed. Blessed Now that Is impactful,
1: I'll tell you why He repeats that word nine Times What were the last words In Malachi 4 verse 6 It says this I will come and strike the land With total destruction The Jews knew this That's how the Old Testament Ended Now
2: Jesus comes along And actually says Blessed Wow Blessed You're not cursed, you're blessed You're blessed because you're in the kingdom of God
1: I have done all the work For you to enter the kingdom of God You are now blessed People if you're Here and you're following Jesus this morning You're blessed You are simply blessed
2: You are the light of the world Why are we blessed? We are accepted by God And he has saved us As
1: Gordon Fee He's a Pentecostal theologian He's my favourite theologian He's actually a Pentecostal that thinks I shouldn't say that But it's true (laughs) But
2: He got me to see this You know, imagine this
1: You know those blessed statements We all know them We've been around church for a long time We've all read them If I decide that I'm going to be meek And I start to say I'll be meek and then I'll be blessed. So I start trying to be meek. And that's hard for me. So I'm trying to be meek. And I'm forcing it. It's going to come. I'm going to be meek.
2: And then I'll be blessed. That's actually a works-based theology. Jesus was undoing religious jargon and relig- and just religious behavior in his sermon. Instead, he says, blessed. And then, blessed, all of a sudden, because I realize
1: I've been accepted and loved by God, guess what happens? I actually become meek out of the gratitude of
2: the love I have for Jesus Christ. Can you see how easy it is to get this wrong? See
1: the emphasis in Jesus' teaching is on the inside out Transformation See we can have this pen around us called the Mosaic Law And it says do not murder which is great No one will argue against that
2: But deep inside our hearts We can still have anger we can still sin
1: against God But on the externals We can look jolly good
2: But we can be terrible people Because it doesn't change From the inside out This is how Fee says it
1: He would say now That religion equals grace And the ethics So there's got to be ethics Ethics It's got to be lived out It's not weak grace It's actually the ethics of the kingdom Come from gratitude Of the work of Jesus Christ People, this is all about Loving Jesus That's what the Sermon on Mount is about It's about relationship With Jesus Christ And out of that comes the ethics Paul said it like this In 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we all with unveiled faces, compliments the Lord's glory. Are being what? Transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from who? Which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. People, that is the answer for transformation. Like I said, it all starts by us letting go of our agendas. It means complete, absence of pride, a complete absence of self-reliance. And that is scary in the West because we like control. You know, a couple of weeks ago, my eldest son and I threw two deck chairs in the car and we went to watch a sunset out at Wiseman's Ferry at the lookout on your left there before you dip down into Wiseman's Ferry. We, grabbed, uh, we stopped at IGA, grabbed some chips and crackers and some dip. And um, we just simply, I should have done this years ago. But we just simply sat and watched the sun go down on the new deck of the lookout at Wiseman's Ferry, looking out over the Hawkesbury River and the valley below and watching the sunset. Leighton put on some worship music. I looked up in the the sky and I was just blown away by how big God is and how small I am. See, when we submit to God and realise... That life's not about us Something incredibly happens
2: Something incredibly happens We start to get a joy about Jesus and the work he has done His mercy then starts to
1: fill our lives We start to become meek in spirit We experience a supernatural peace that passes all understanding. I can then turn the cheek to someone who offends me. I can actually forgive other people because I realize life is not about me. I am now in Jesus
2: Christ and I have the capacity through Jesus to forgive people. See, Jesus takes the law given by Moses. He doesn't write it off. Some people say he he doesn't write it off. He actually fulfills it in perfect love. The Sermon on the Mount is about our relationship with Jesus Christ.
1: See, Moses said, do not murder. Jesus says, I'm going to race through this. I'll be finished soon. It's a long weekend. I'll give you time to stand and chat. Moses said, do not murder. Jesus says, what does he say? Anyone who gets jolly angry. Have you ever got angry? Well, you're perfect. I get angry all the time. But Jesus says, anyone who gets angry, see how he internalizes it? Murder is an outward thing.
2: But Jesus goes to the heart. And he says, anyone who gets angry is sinning. Why do we get angry? Because our agenda is threatened Our agenda is threatened What Jesus is saying in my kingdom
1: Stop being so self-centred And trust me
2: I got your back I love you deeply Just trust me Jesus says
1: Matters matter, Settle matters quickly. That can only happen if we let go of our agenda and submit to the reign of God. Let me say, our churches, our families, our country would be different if we as Christians spent time with the living God. God was saying, Israel, you want freedom. Live this way. There is no rules in my kingdom when it comes to love. It actually has life. And it will actually be attractive to others. It's actually countercultural. There is another kingdom at work in this world. And that is the one of Jesus. He goes on and says, Moses says, do not commit adultery. Again, that's something... It's an outward action But what does Jesus do? He takes it to the heart He says even if you lust You have sinned Can you see how he's transforming this thing? It's about life transformation See lust is to make an object of a person And in God's kingdom No one is an object They are fearfully and wonderfully made In the image of God And that is how we are to see people Jesus says, I'm not interested. If you do things like money, giving money and fasting where people see you, or praying, they had to pray three times a day as a Jew.
2: Jesus says, go back to your room where no one sees you. By him. People, it's not... Out of religious activities that we earn favour with God
1: We have already won favour with God through Jesus Christ We are accepted And out of that comes a graciousness to pray And you don't have to pray three times a day in God's way You can pray any time,
2: all the time Because there are no rules when grace abounds
1: The reign of God is released when followers of Jesus live out this sermon
2: through the empowering presence of his spirit. People, my prayer today is that we will come with a new motivation to seek Jesus Christ.
1: The danger is we can easily fall Into the trap of the Pharisees Could you imagine if I would have got up here today And said I want you to try better I want you to try better
2: How depleted we would all be When we left this place The challenge for the church in the west Is to make time for Jesus Christ And
1: spend time for him In his presence because just like the fruits of the Spirit later on in Galatians, to live out the Sermon on Mount will just naturally happen the more time we spend in the presence of
2: Jesus Christ. It will happen. You'll be amazed how God transforms your life. And we actually then fulfill the law through perfect love of jesus
1: christ so we don't write it off we actually fulfill the law through the perfect love of jesus christ let me pray father god you're in your kingdom things are so different Lord, I know under your reign that you produced incredible things in our lives and we are able, through the power of your spirit, to live a
2: different way in this world that so desperately needs it. Father God, I want to pray over every person's life. Lord, we all live in this busy rat race of the world. And Lord, we are all, there's a side of us which is all selfish. We all want our own agendas. But God, I pray that we'll have the courage to trust you with our lives.
1: Because God, the Jesus I know,
2: loves people so much that he would go to a cross and die for them. And Father God, fill us with gratitude and joy continually of the work of Jesus Christ. Amen.